back in your ear holes. Hello and welcome. Another episode coming your way, but this one's a bit different. A little different. And we're mixing it up a little bit. I'll tell you why. The Patreon has finally paid off. And Pat... Only one of us, though. <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat got the payoff. We didn't. We're still stuck here. So... Either, or rather, you're stuck listening to us. Yeah, either you really like us, or you hate Pat. Yeah, or you or, hate us and you, you like Pat. you hate us and you like Pat. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it goes. Yeah. But, but we're here, he's not. Deal with it. Yes. But this week's episode is going to be quite an interesting one. It's a shame that Pat wasn't able to be here this week because this is one... I feel like he would have some some big thoughts on this. I think all of us yeah, I think, really have yeah. big thoughts about it. And it's big about dis- thoughts. digital distribution in games. And we could go over all the different types, whether it's just like being a game downloadable so that you don't have a physical copy... Or there's things like Game Pass, and I think it's that Google Stadia, Stavia, Stavia think, whatever, Stavia, something like that. Whatever the hell it's called. Isn't Stavia like a, a sugar substitute? No, that's Stevia. Or Stevia. I'm yeah. sorry, Stevia. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It might be Stadia. I'm not sure. Uh, Google Sucralose. It's, sucral- <laughs> <laughs> it's Google Splenda. But um, so for me, when I when I initially was thinking about it, one of the things that came to mind was the initial distribution of like online games rather than picking up a game in a physical copy yeah just going into like the playstation store or whatever it may be and picking up the game that way and i have no problem with that in fact i do most of my purchasing that way i would say Mm -hmm. at this point there's very few games yeah, that very I want, few like, physical games yeah there's very few that i want a physical copy of like, we're actually kind of getting to the point where like the physical copies of the games are seen as like collector's items now yeah like their uh rocket league in particular they were digitally distributed like it was free on the playstation store it was on steam and then a year and a half after the game came out it they released a physical copy yeah, and it, that's not the way that things used to be. Like now, the like the disc itself is the collector's item, and you don't actually play the physical copy anymore. You just no, display it. You just have it. Like, yeah, it, it's so crazy because I've been saying that for a while about um, when, and of course, it has to be brought up because it's an episode of the Bad RNG podcast. But when the final part of Shovel Knight comes out, I'll get the physical copy of it for the Switch. Yeah. So that I have the physical copy of the Treasure Trove and mm-hmm. I want to have all that. Right, once right. It finally of re- releases. But because I have that game on everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you pretty, might as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure you got to round it, it out. I'm pretty sure I have it on every single thing. I have it on Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, 3DS. I don't think it's on anything else. No, you could probably play it on a toaster. I'll get if there's a toaster to play Shovel Knight, I'll buy it. All right, well let's get to googling. I I will buy this. I will buy this toaster. So <laughs> Yacht Club, if you make the Shovel Knight toaster, <laughs> I will buy it. And but, also go back and play the game. Pause the yeah. Pause, pause the, the podcast. Episode. Yeah, we're getting that play out of the way. Early, yeah, just yeah. get it out of the way. Um, but what I find interesting, like the whole shift from like physical copies to like the digital distribution kind of represents an interesting shift in the way that like the industry presents itself so it it used to be games were like economically speaking it was a goods model right you would you would buy the game and then you would have it you would own it right and when you got to like i guess world of warcraft kind of started something along those lines where games were less of a goods model and more of a service model, where yeah. you're you're paying for a subscription. Yeah, the M- like the MMOs were right. kind of the in, the the starter of that. Yeah, and it was a shift from games as a goods to a service model, and I and I found that to be kind of a, an interesting paradigm shift because it kind of changed the way that we consume games as well. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. And you had, like, the rise of Steam, and more recently you have, like, the Epic Store, um, Epic the, store, the PlayStation store, store, Xbox Arcade. There's a hundred of them on the on on the PC now, and it's just, it's too much. Like, the, the idea of this exclusivity, I know this isn't something that we were going to talk about, but I guess it kind of fits in. Yeah, it kind of fits in. To this is, like, 
oh, well, the Epic Launcher has exclusive rights to certain games, and this one, mm-hmm. you know, Ubisoft wants to hold their games on their platform, and EA wants to make EA their platform. Uh, not even, I, I don't even think that includes EA Access, but just yeah, I'm, every I'm one sure of them, one. every one of them wants to have their own piece of this, and I just, I don't understand because. From a business standpoint, I'm not sure I understand it completely because wouldn't you want your game to be on the platform that's used by the most people? Like, I understand with Epic, I kind of like what they're doing in in the sense of they came out and they were like, look, we want to give more money to the, the, the share that they take out of, you know, distribution is less than what Steam takes out. They, right. they give more money to the actual developer. And I think that's cool, but, and hopefully that'll cause a shift in like steam and steam will change the yeah. way they're doing things but other than that like if you're just doing it because it's like oh it's our games oh man my voice is going crazy <laughs> <clears throat> probably from all the screaming playing right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but um all the i i don't understand the idea of the exclusivity on your own you know on your own launcher simply because i know as for me as a consumer I don't want to have 25 launchers on my computer. No, God, no. And I'll be more reluctant to buy the game for that exact reason. I'm like, I don't feel like downloading this, so I'm not going to. And you got to have, like, if you want me to download your launcher, you either got to have, like, one game that really pushes it. Like, you got to have that flagship, right? Yeah. Like, the Epic launcher has Fortnite. Yes. Right? And that's, uh, like it or not, it's one of the biggest games in the world right now. So that's that's their, their vehicle to get the Epic launcher onto your computer. And then they just give you pop-up ads for games that are free that week. Yeah. But as I feel like a big part of this this transition away from Steam has a lot to do with Steam Greenlight. Like I, I there think. is a hu- there's a glut of just poorly made shovelware games. Shovelware games. It's it's would have been deleted off of your computer as a virus like 10 years ago. And Might it would have well come bundled with buddy. like one of your cursored Things where you turn your cursor into a bunny, but it gives you, like, this game, and you would just get rid of the game afterwards. Yeah. They're the equivalent of, like, the old-school toolbars that you would add to your computer. Uh-huh. And it's it's just a massive amount of them, and it's it's a nightmare to slog through. Oh, yeah, I agree. If like, you're looking for something, like, cheap and interesting, it's you have no context for any of that shit. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes I... I jump into it. Like, I, I did a stream where I played a game called Fat Dude Simulator. <laughs> And the game was I remember that. And it's really stupid. And it's definitely a shovelware game. Yeah. Like, everybody knows what it is. I mean, I think pretty much everything that was used in the game is, like, in, like, all the assets are in Unity. Like, nothing was made custom for the game. It was game. just Unity you assets. Know? That's funny. And, and they just made this game. But it was just stupid enough that I couldn't help myself. I yeah. was like, you know, I'll play it. But that is a huge problem, is that you got so many games... Where I, there's one game I cannot remember the name of it. It was like this dinosaur game where you well you're like a it's a first person shooter and you're shooting dinosaurs. Is it Torok? No, it's not Torok. <laughs> I remember Torok, but when you're playing this game, there's like two thousand achievements, and every time you shoot something, there's just achievements popping up at the bottom like mad. And I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, yeah, like it's not an achievement at that point. No, this like is it's just, just a it's thing garbage. that you do. But on on top of that, you've got a game that's bad with this false sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Even though I don't know that anybody actually believes there's any accomplishment with it, but still, it gives this idea people like if you're one of those people, like if you're an achievement hunter and you care about that kind of thing, like. When you see people who play that game and have, like, 200 achievements all of a sudden, you're like... Like, it's just busy work at that point. Like, you might as well just be filing shit. Exactly. There's so many games like that, though, that just... Like, if we were to sit there and go onto Steam right now and just look at any of it... Now, I'll say part of the problem with the digital distribution that has bothered me is, you know, the Steam Greenlight and the early access can be a major problem. Um, Because the one example I always go back to was ARK. Uh, 
survival evolved. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The dinosaur game. Dinosaur game. Um, and the reason I go to it is not because it was a bad game, because it wasn't that bad, but it was incomplete. <clears throat> and before they finished the game, they already came out with a $30 DLC. Like, how is that well, ethical in any way that you're going to come out with a DLC for a game that's not finished? That's, I mean, I, I have issues with uh, early access anyway. Like, there are very few games that I feel have done it well. Yeah. Like, the, the first, my first, like, major experience with an early access game was probably PUBG. Okay. Uh, there may have been, like, one or two before that, but that was the first one that I really got into. And they did end up, like, releasing a full version. I'm pretty sure Fortnite is still in early access. Yeah. It's two years old, and it's still in early access. That's wild. That's crazy to me. That's wild. Um, It might not be. I'm not sure. I don't pay that much attention. Yeah, I, I don't play it anymore. I played it for a very short period of time, yeah, but as there's, you know. There's but a, there's a balance to be struck with the early access. Like, you kind of want to get your game. Like, a game I think did it well, or, or is doing it well, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, was uh, Risk of Rain 2. Absolutely. They have, like, a solid, like, core structure of what they want the game to be, and they have a plan for how they want it to evolve during the early access period, and they have a scheduled release date. Yes. They have a scheduled release date, they have a roadmap to content that they want to add, and they know what it is they want to do, so you know what to expect as the consumer. As, yes. as a gamer, you know how it is that they're going to work on this. And I feel like that's that's a good way to, to handle something like that, whereas with, uh, like you said, with Ark Evolved, or Ark Survival Evolved, they came out with a DLC before the game came out. Yeah. Like, you're paying for additional content while the full content isn't there. Yep. And that just, that says to me, like, you could, it's still in early access. You haven't released the game yet. Why not just put that shit in there and make that part of the game? Yeah. That's, it's scummy. It, I, I I agree. It, it It's predatory in every sense of the word. Yeah. Like, it's predatory in every sense of the word. Like, it, it's along the same lines as, like, announcing DLC before a game comes out. Yep. Right? Like, you, the Fallout 4, I think, did it. They announced three DLCs. Dark Souls 3. Yeah. <sighs> Dark Souls 3 is, sucks. Don't don't at me. Um, but it's... They, they announced three DLCs before the game even came out. And yep. it's like, why are they not in the game? Like, delay... I, I would rather you delay the production and figure out a way to work that into the game as opposed to just trying to sneak into my wallet for more money. Well, here's here's a, a, a devil's advocate point that I would like to bring up and get your opinion on because I've had this discussion a couple of times on streams is would you be okay with games like for example a lot of these developers are saying you know the reason they do the microtransactions the reason they do the DLC the reason they do this or that is because the cost of games has not raised in like 20 years would you be okay with a cost bump for games if it meant that you would get the complete game without the DLC oh yeah I, and the, the thing with gamers is we are notoriously fickle consumers we don't know what we want that's true we have no idea what we want Shovel Knight. Yeah, just Shovel Knight. That's it. <laughs> Every gamer knows they want Shovel Knight, but beyond that, we don't we don't know. We don't care. Right? Like yes. we we've been paying sixty dollars for games for twenty years now. And and I, I get a lot of like the microtransactions, especially when it comes to online games, because there's infrastructure that needs to be maintained. Yeah. You know, there are servers and there are patches and there's balance updates and there's people continuously working on that. And they can't do that shit for free. So no. I I get it, but what really gets me is when those microtransactions are tied to game progress. Yes. And we're looking at you, Battlefront. We're looking at we're looking at you, EA in particular, because EA, EA is, is notorious for that kind of nonsense. Well, there was an article that just came out recently talking about FIFA Ultimate Team. I don't know if you saw that. I like, might have. 40% of EA's revenue was from microtransactions for or microtransactions for EA's or FIFA Ultimate Team. <laughs> like 40% of their of the revenue is coming from microtransactions. First off, that's a really dedicated fan base to yeah, FIFA that's, Ultimate Team. <laughs> like mm -hmm. let's, let's be honest, but and I played a little bit. I think I played FIFA like 
2013, 2014. These games are fun. They're fun. They're good they're, games. They're Don't good. get me wrong. Like I'm not I'm not a soccer football guy. No. But those games, games are, fun. are a lot of fun. Those, yeah, they're great. Games are a lot of fun. But I was I was just reading something the other day, and feel free to to Google this for me because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But there was a game that was released uh, within the past couple of weeks. The reviews were out. I believe it was like one of the crash team crash games, crash team racing, or something like that, uh, where they released the game and got all the reviews, and then added microtransactions after the fact and slowed down game progress. Yep, I see this now. It says microtransactions are coming to Crash Team Racing, and it says Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is getting microtransactions in another post-launch update. Yeah, after so, launch, they're <laughs> adding microtransactions. After all, like the the first day reviews are out, after all, like the the ratings have been set, they're going to slow down your progress and add microtransactions. Yeah, now they're going to hit you with it because they could sit down and say, "Oh, well, we got nines and tens. Fuck you, Crash Team Racing. But, that that's that's a dirty move. That's no. That's a that's a real dirty move. Uh, and the thing is, we all know why it got good reviews. The the, the Crash Team Racing games are fun. Oh, they're good. I they're, love Crash Team Racing. Really good, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I know exactly how I feel about. I, that. I'm angry about that. <laughs> like that's, but I mean that's that's where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, microtransactions, and, you know, you hear the argument all the time. People talk about they don't like microtransactions and stuff like that. And I feel like, in a way, we as the consumer, people are like, well, it's it's predatory, and I totally agree with that. But in the same sense, it's up to us as the consumer to make it stop. Like, Yeah. And... and it falls upon deaf ears if you're saying, I don't like microtransactions, and then you buy the microtransactions. Right. I mean, there, there's two sides to that. So there's always the, the argument, well, you don't have to, right? You, yeah. don't, it, you don't have to, it, but it's there. But it's... You don't have to. It's it's the easiest way to, to get some things across. It's the easiest way of, of accomplishing some things in a game, and that in and of itself is scummy. You could just not participate. Yeah. It, there there's that, but then you can't actually play the game. Yeah. Right. Like you're you're not going to be able to actually enjoy the game. There's things that are are locked behind those microtransactions sometimes that That's are true. important to the game. There's and you, just, a, you can't get them without spending additional money. Did you see this most recent thing that came out with GTA Online? They just came out with a new update for GTA Online where they added a full-blown casino to the game. Oh, geez. And you can spend real money, but you can't get real money back. And from what I understand, there are certain countries that are actually like, nope, can't have it. Banning it completely. You can't have this here. Like... We're not cool with this. And and here's the thing. That is super dangerous. I know this isn't about digital distribution, but it kind of Yeah, it all kind of factors in. in. The, uh, the thing is, and I've talked about this before, like, I don't have anything against, like, a casino in a game. I'll give a great example. The Dragon Quest games have had casinos in them for years. But there's no real risk because no. it's in-game money. You lose it. Oh, wow. You do a couple more missions and you get that money back. Exactly. But when you're talking about real money, you're talking about real consequences, this becomes a problem. This is why we've had all this stuff that's happened with, you know, online gambling and things like that. This is why all this stuff, why all these laws and why it has been so heavily, like, studied and, and, and scrutinized is yeah. because of the dangers that come with it. And just, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I don't know fully whether GTA Online has ha what they've said since then. I think they said there were like caps on how much money you can spend in the in the, in the casino, casino yeah. in a day or whatever in a set period of time. But still, like you're still giving people the opportunity to spend real money here. Well, there's, there's I think there's a distinction to be made with that because you're not actually gambling. Right? You're not actually gambling because you there's no potential for you to get anything back you're but, you're but spending you money to play the game worst? 
Uh, I don't think it's better or worse. I just think it's a distinction to be made. <laughs> okay. Because it's it doesn't technically fall under gambling because you're not getting anything back. Yeah. There's no opportunity for you to get back. So I feel like it's it's an it's not relevant exactly. Yeah. To like the whole predatory aspect of it, but it is a distinction to be made as far as gambling goes. I but it's it's still troublesome. Toxic as shit. Yeah, it's definitely troublesome. But who would have thought GTA would be toxic as shit? Well, it's crazy that I I look at GTA and how it started and you're like you've become the thing you made fun of at the onset of your of of your game. Yeah. Like now you are that. Yeah, you, now you, you're that. You've become it. Yeah. It's incredible. Um but getting back to digital distribution. You know, each of them have like you know, you got Xbox Live, you got PlayStation Network yeah. or PlayStation Store and all that. And I and again, I'm I'm fine with that setup. In fact, like I said, I find that in today's day and age, I find that more convenient because I don't want to be carrying around 25 discs with right, me yeah. if I go somewhere where I could carry my Switch and I've got 30 games on it mm-hmm. and I don't have to bring anything else with it. Now, granted, well, they're pretty small to begin with, but still having to carry that extra thing. Yeah. Carry talk about 25 things versus one thing. Yes. Like me, me and my wife are getting ready to move in a couple of weeks, and we just got rid of a bunch of our video game cases because mm-hmm. we don't we don't need them anymore. They're just taking up space. But at the same time, like there's there there's something else to that because you're not actually buying the game anymore. And I think this is where things start to get a little murky. Yeah, because you're not actually buying the game; you're buying a license to play that game on that platform. Yes. So let's say you get banned from Steam and they decide that your account is gone. You do you do something awful. You do something terrible in a game, like you cheat, like just really blatantly or, or something along those like lines. shooting somebody through a mountain? Shooting somebody through a mountain. And they decide that they're going to delete your account. Well, guess what? All those games that you bought are gone too. Yep. And there they was problems with that with um, e-readers. I think it was either Amazon or iTunes where someone had their, they had an issue with their account and iTunes just deleted their entire ebook library. Wow. Yeah. And then when they argued against it, they were like, well, no, you didn't actually buy the books. You bought licenses to the books and then you violated TOS and now you don't have access to those licenses anymore. Wow. Sucks. And and that's the thing that concerns me. With things like Xbox Game Pass and the, like we were talking about the Google's Stradia or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, the Stevia. Stevia. Uh, Google Superlos. <laughs> um, Google Sweet and Low. Like, I understand how it can be, like, how it can seem enticing when you hear, oh, well, I could play any game I want that's on their platform for $10 a month. And I can understand why that seems, you know, very, you know, uh, beneficial to you. It's appealing, appealing. Like yeah. it just seems cheaper. But as soon as you can't afford that anymore, like for whatever reason, you go through hard times. You don't feel like paying it anymore. Whatever it may be, it's all now gone. All of it's gone. Yeah, and you lose everything that you had. Um. It's now, a similar I, format to like a Netflix or a Hulu. Yeah, I feel or, like that is is closer to like a Netflix or a Hulu because like at least with Steam or at least with Netflix and Hulu, you're paying for the service and then you have access to everything. Yes. But with like Steam and the Epic Launcher and things like that, you you get access to the platform for free, but then you pay per game. Yes. Right? It's not like Netflix and Hulu, you're paying per show or per episode. So it, it makes a little bit more sense that you wouldn't have access to that stuff. But considering you paid for each game on Steam individually, and then they take that away from you, then that yeah, that's, that's troublesome. Yeah, that's a, that's ridiculous. And, and, and the thing is, I think Google, with their setup at least, you can go either way. You could pay the $10 a month, or you could buy the games individually and just have them that way. Yeah. But are you buying the games or are you buying licenses to the games? That's that's, that's really the question. There's the thing. That's the rub right there. 
one of the things I've always kind of wondered about <clears throat> when it came to games is, and I remember it was a it was a very short lived discussion as soon as you know digital distribution of games came up was when games first started being released on like Xbox Live and whatnot, they were sixty dollars. And I remember the initial argument was, well, why did they cost $60? I don't understand why this costs $60 considering you don't have to manufacture the box. <clears throat> God damn, my voice is all messed up today. Uh, you don't have to buy the box. You don't have to create the disc. You mm. don't have to do any of that stuff. None of the equipment used to like put the game on the disc. There's no artwork that needs to be commissioned for, for that kind of stuff. So You save materials on like the instruction booklets or whatever. So I remember that being the big argument was why does it cost the same amount then it just <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense um and now we're at an age where it's still that way it's been two decades yeah almost i mean what the xbox 360 came out in what oh five i think so oh six like oh five oh six like so almost almost 15 years yeah you're you're talking about nothing has really changed in that regard and i don't know i i guess that kind of gets caught in my head is it's been 15 years we still see that price being the same and i've never had a problem with digital di digitally distributed games being that price yeah so long as you get what you feel to be your money's worth out of it but i don't I don't understand why we've never gotten a real explanation as to how the cost could be exactly the same. I guess that's where I get kind of caught up. It, well, because that argument is kind it's a pretty solid argument is if you have to create box art, you have to create the entire packaging and then ship it out to stores and then you have to pay a certain amount of, like GameStop gets a cut. Or Target gets a cut, and then you get a cut, and, and then, then the shipper gets a cut. Probably. The shipper gets a cut, and and the obviously the developer gets money, you know. And if it's an exclusive game, you got to assume that Sony or Xbox are get or Sony or Microsoft are getting some money yeah. out of it. So, how are these two things costing the same amount of money? Well, I actually have a a stupid human answer for that. Okay, um, it's the same reason why hot dog buns come in packages of eight and hot dogs come in packages of 10. That's because they've been using the the racks to bake the hot dog buns for the same ones for years. They just manufactured them in eights, and that's just what stuck. That, so you'll buy more hot dogs. It's not even like that. They just didn't <laughs> feel like upgrading the pans. That's yeah. as, as simple as that. People are used to paying $60 for a video game. And I, I imagine if they had dropped the price to say like 50 or $40, to reflect the the lower overhead costs of digital distribution, then people would be like, well, why are we paying $60 for that game then? Yeah. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So it's it's because people are kind of stupid. The only like, other they, they thing, like things that are that are familiar. They like things that are the same as things that they knew before. The only other explanation that I've come up with over the years was obviously, you know, holding server space and stuff like that has a cost to it as well. Yeah, and there's energy involved with running the servers and yeah, there's so, IT staff that needs to be paid. Exactly. So that's part of like where my thought process comes from. It's a in, different kind of overhead. Yes, the overhead's just different, but mm -hmm. it's never really been discussed. No. And I never understood how we've gone 15 years and never talked about it, like at all. Like what are the differences between the two? What are the benefits of one over the other? And that's kind of why this whole discussion came up is obviously the benefit of the physical copy of the game is it's yours. Nobody can take that from you. Yeah. Like it's not like, um, it's not like, uh, What's his name? Doug Bowser is going to fucking show up at your house <laughs> and be like, give me your copy of Mario Party. You're not allowed to have it anymore. And just takes it. Yeah, but if you buy it on Nintendo eShop and they decide that they don't want to carry that game anymore, Doug Bowser comes to your house and says, you can't play Mario Party anymore. <laughs> yeah, and just takes it. Like, I'm trying to remember the name of the game. I think it was called Speedball. I had it on the Xbox 360. I had it on the Xbox 360, 
And when I got this game, I loved it. It was like the stupidest game, but it was amazing because it's like this futuristic sports game where it's sort of like a mix of like hockey with football. Okay. And it used to crack me up because part of the game was like you had to hurt players on the other team. Like if you wanted to win, you needed to bang the other the other team up. So it's sort of like a, like an NFL blitz type of thing. Sort of. Um like that or mutant league football, something yeah. like that, but or uh, NHL hits? Was that what the the hockey yes. version was? NHL hits. The but the problem was I had it on my old I had it on an old Xbox before I got an Elite. Um and when I got my Elite, I went to download it again and it's not on Xbox Live anymore, so I can never get the game again. Wow. And I'm like, I paid for this game. Mm-hmm. Like where I want my game. <laughs> <laughs> like I paid for this. Yeah. And oh my god, I that was the first time I ever encountered that and that was probably about 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago. It was like 2009, 2010. I had the same thing happen to me. It was with a with a like one of the the first party like early arcade games like the Xbox Live arcade games, the Geometry Wars. Okay. Retro Evolved. And because Xbox 360s were known to just become bricks, at random, mm-hmm. like no shit. I went through four Xbox 360s, all of them red ringed. That's crazy. All of them, that and is- I was like, I'm never buying another Xbox again. I still haven't to this day. Yeah, I have one in my house. It's because my wife brought it when she moved in with me. I have refused to buy another Xbox 360. I I don't even have an Xbox One. Yeah, like I, 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 I consider myself pretty lucky that when I got mine. My initial one never red ringed, and then I have my Elite, and I've had that since. I've been really lucky with with consoles, yeah. to be honest. Like, I still have a first generation PlayStation Three, which had major overheating issues. I remember that was a big thing. The oh, yeah. fans would just they just couldn't handle it. I've never had a problem with that. It's lasted all this time. I've been very fortunate. In uh, that I've sense. I've had issues with just about every console. I had a PlayStation Two, and the um. The lens, the lens reader, it would stop moving. Oh, God. So none of the games would ever load. It would get to the intro screen, and then it would freeze, and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm not playing PlayStation anymore. That I had happen with the PlayStation 2. I had the same exact... PlayStation I had that 2? with a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 1. But the once 3 and beyond, I haven't had any issues with with either console. The only console... I never actually owned, so I can't really speak on it. Is the original Xbox never never owned it? And the original Xbox, for as ugly and as poorly designed as that console was, it didn't break. From yeah. what I saw, like you could you could throw that thing across a room and it would be like, "Come at me, bro." It was the first one that I saw that was like heavily moddable too. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that even like when it was when it was still the system at the time people were modding the shit out of it mm-hmm. so that you could like play different games play cds play whatever on it that mm-hmm. it couldn't do before and i was like man that that's so cool and microsoft was just like eh, whatever now this is completely unrelated to digital distribution but yes i i remember do you remember the war between playstation 3 and xbox 360 hd dvd versus blu-ray yes and one of them went with Blu-ray, one of them went with HD DVD, and that was like a whole thing. Yep. Now you don't see anything on HD DVD anymore. No. See, and I think it's because of the name. I think HD DVD kind of scared people off. Yeah. Like Blu-ray is simple. You're like, oh, Blu-ray, it's cool. It's got it's like a blue thing. name, and it's, it the plays back of the, the disc. disc is blue, and it's yeah, it, it plays the, the disc. Cool. Yeah. Like HD DVD, it was just a bunch of letters. And like they meant stuff, and people didn't really care what it meant. They were like, "That's that's intimidating." Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me too, looking back at that time period because I remember we just watched PlayStation or Sony just utterly dominate everybody in the previous generation with the PlayStation Two. Like it wasn't even close. No, that, that, everybody played PlayStation Two. Like you might have played. You know, Dreamcast, maybe. Maybe. You might have played GameCube. I feel like GameCube was a sleeper that came back later. Yeah. Yeah, I had a GameCube at the time, and I didn't really appreciate it for what it was. 
now I'm just like, oh, that's that's such a cool console. Yeah, like it. There was a lot of good games for it. It was just sort of like a sl- like a I said, it was a sleeper. It took a while for people to really appreciate. People didn't recognize was. what they were because I think with that they saw like the little baby discs mm-hmm. and they were like, "This is a baby console." Yeah. And then like you go back and you play it and you're like, "Oh, a Wind Waker." It looks like this. a lunchbox. And yeah. It, it and Wind Waker didn't it. help with that either because Wind Waker looked like a little baby game too. Oh my god, I remember that. I remember the flack that they got for that game like I can't believe they did this to Zelda and now it's like but people it, love it but that like that aspect of it the art style the way that they change that is seen as one of the best aspects of it now oh yeah like the, and the it's shit. funny how time changes our perceptions well I think it's funny because like I said I've seen people that complain about I I know a few people that don't want to play the the Link's Awakening remake remake because of the art style, and I'm like, are we really going to do this again? We're going to do this again? Like, like it was why this doesn't make any sense. But what I was getting at though uh, is with PlayStation Three, I remember, and we saw it happen again in the next generation. PlayStation Three made the huge mistake. I mean, for those of you too young to remember this, it was hilarious was all the old internet memes of when the E3 announcement came out for the PlayStation 3, they talked about it was going to be $599. That was the initial release price, and everybody was just like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> Video game consoles have been like 300 bucks for so long, mm. and you're just going to double the price out of nowhere? Um... And then there was... What was the name of that game? Kenji? Was that the name of the game? Kenshi? No, I, th- I, th- Kenji? It, I think it might have been Kenji, but I'm not sure. But they, they there was a whole thing. You have to look it up. If you've never seen this, you need to look it up. It's a video. Guys talking about Kenji, and it's the game that's based on real, real historical Japanese. You know, it's based on Japanese history, Japanese battles. The game is historically accurate. And the next sentence out of his mouth is, so there's this giant enemy crab, and it's huge. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, let's go. But You're going to bring me in with the realism, and then hit me with the giant crab. I'm in. It was was amazing. Completely unironically. The thing that made it interesting to me was, they talked about the Blu-rays and stuff like that, and Xbox talked about the HD DVD, but... I think the Blu-ray was more of a focus for PlayStation than it was than the HD DVD was for for Microsoft. Microsoft's biggest thing in that generation was look at this online platform we are creating that you could play online with your friends. We're going to make this system. It's it was all about how the experience of gaming was going to change. Oh yeah, and the the Xbox Live Arcade kind of kind of set the stage for a lot of that stuff because the the arcade. When you talk about like back in the days of like the Xbox 360 and the the PlayStation 2, like a large part of that conversation was surrounding their internet stores. Yeah. And Xbox Live Arcade ended up on top in just about every single one of those conversations. We're not even going to talk about, well, I guess me mentioning we're not going to talk about it is talking about it, but the uh, the PlayStation data breach. Oh yeah. Where there was like 100 million or hundreds of millions of people's like personal information leaked mm-hmm. from the PlayStation store. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Microsoft has been working with computers and networks for decades, whereas Sony made TVs. Yeah. So the, the network infrastructure, they didn't have the the people in place to get that up and off the ground immediately. Now, think- the PlayStation Store now is, is fairly decent and it's comparable to the Xbox Live Arcade from my understanding. Yes. But back in the day, it was a joke. Well, I think another part of the problem was, and I remember this was a big... Uh, I'm cousins of mine had a problem with it for like the longest time is they didn't understand and it, I think the data breach is a great example of why and, and it's the example I gave them is they're like I don't understand why I have to pay $8 a month or $7 a month for Xbox Live but I could get PlayStation for free well you just found out. You why. just found out, yeah. Like you're paying for that security. Yes, you're paying for something. It's not like you're paying for nothing. Yeah. There there is a service here that you are being given. And mm-hmm. like that's why, you know, talking about digital distribution and going back to the games, when you talk about stuff like that, I understand that a service is being given. A service is being rendered by me when I pay that money. 
you're giving me the service of having this game able for me to play if you're talking about Google Sucralos. You're you you're getting your games instantly on multiple on multiple different places. I can move it around wherever I want, play mm-hmm. it on my phone, play it on my computer, play it on my laptop, my tablet, whatever. You don't have to lug any anything around. You like you did to... with with like physical discs and consoles. Yes, you're you're getting a service for it, but there's also a cost to that service mm-hmm. for you as the consumer other than the money. Nothing in this world is free. Nope. And I I but going back to that point I was talking about with Xbox and or Sony and Microsoft was it almost seemed like by the end of the generation of 360 and 3 that the 3 started making its comeback because it sort of figured... Well, first off, it had better games coming out. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like kind of been the case of since 360. And stuff like that. Yeah, the Uncharted games and... Yeah. And PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One when they released, Xbox One focused on media consumption, the Kinect, which nobody gives <clears throat> a shit about, Puke noise. Um, I don't even know if I don't even know if Microsoft cared about the Kinect to be honest, but they came um, out with a lot of games for it. They did. Dance Han Solo dance. Oh Jesus. But I mean um, that's a lot of that was in response to like the big motion control thing that the Wii started. Yeah. Like a lot of that was in response to the Wii. Yeah. I, and, I, and even PlayStation did that better than Microsoft with the, what is it, the Move? With the PlayStation Move, yeah. Yeah, with the, the obnoxious the blue ball on the bottom of the controller. Yeah. yeah, they did the Move and the Eye. There was, oh my God, I, I you know what, I have to bring this up. I know it has nothing to do with digital distribution. We have talked, like, we are 42 minutes in. We have talked about digital distribution for probably about seven. Probably. Maybe, That's fine. Maybe ten. Welcome to the podcast, people. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is par. I... There was this game on, I think it was the PlayStation 3. It was called Eye of Judgment. Okay. And it was the coolest game. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it since I was, like, in high school, but it was a card game that you would play, and you needed the the camera, mm-hmm. and you would put, like, you got this mat with the game, and you'd put the mat down, and then you put the eye over the mat, and when you play it, you put the card down, and then like the creature oh, would like, come like out a monster of the, or something. The creature oh, would come out of the card. It was like the coolest fucking game. So it was basically just like the Yu-Gi-Oh TV show. Yes, <laughs> it was essentially the Yu-Gi-Oh TV show, but it was so cool. I I remember I loved that game, and I have not been able to find it. Like what? rip, it was super obscure. Uh, a friend of mine had it. And that's the only reason I knew about it was because he had it. I I heard about that. I had no idea what it was called. Yeah, I didn't. I it's it's hilarious. I didn't own the game myself, but I went out and bought cards just so I could play it at his <laughs> house. Because I was like, all right, we're going. I'm I'm creating decks. We're gonna go at we're it. Doing it. <laughs> but um, the thing that concerns me the most with the direction we're going with digital distribution is what is the next step? Like, the what the consumer gets has become a little bit less as we go further and further. It's like, mm-hmm. what's next from here is something that has to be thought about. Um, Like, again, I don't know. I think I'm more bothered by how it is with like Steam over what like Xbox uh, uh, Game Passes mm-hmm. and and those because you know what you're getting into paying $10 a month or whatever it is yeah. to have these games. You you know this is how it's going to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. But with Steam, as you said, you lose your account, you lose your games. And how how is that in any way ethical? Well, even beyond that, like let's let's take this to the 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 obvious extreme. What happens if and when Steam shuts down? What happens to those hundreds or for some people thousands of dollars that they've put into their game libraries that they can no longer access because Steam is gone now? Yeah. Like what happens to that library at that point? And that's that's troublesome to me. Yeah. Like if something should happen to the company or the the launcher or whatever, whatever the distributor is, 
what happens when it goes away? At, like, are you able to recoup any of that money? Are you able to get those games in another way? Are you fucked? Like, that's these are, are questions that are going to need to be asked, and I don't think it'll be asked until it's too late. Yeah, I think, you know... I don't think Steam is going anywhere anytime soon. They're, no. they're the digital distribution platform, but with more and more, like, legitimate launchers and distribution platforms gaining traction, there's going to be competition, and one of them is going to choke out the other. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I hate saying it, but I feel like your third answer is the answer. It's just we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, we're one hundred percent. Like I that's. Mean, I I only added those other two to give you hope. Hope, and then I smashed be. it with the the reality this of is the reality. Situation. This is what you're getting. This yeah. is what's going to happen if if and when it happens. Like, uh, there's some games you can play offline. Like there, yeah. If if you don't have access to Steam, but for the most part. The the thing that gets me You're fucked Is I've had people say Well isn't it the same as if like Your console dies Well no No If my Nintendo If my NES dies I could buy another NES Yeah And then I could play my games Now If the cartridge breaks That's another story mm-hmm. Then I'm fucked like, But you only lose that one game yeah, and you're that, not losing your entire library. My house didn't burn down. Yeah, and that argument kind of kind of falls apart when you realize that the console isn't Steam. The console is your computer. Yes, you can go buy a new computer and still have all of your games. Yes, that you know that's it's kind of a bad argument. There's really no parallel for that no, now. It's it's a completely and that's it's like what if someone thing. takes a magnet over your whole game collection? That's that's the equivalent. Yeah. of that. It's it's a completely different marketplace. Mm-hmm. And that's why the discussion has to be had is the marketplace is completely shifted. Like I don't know what I I you know what I might look this up on Google in a second, but what the difference is of what the market share is of people who buy digitally distributed games versus buying physical copies. Because I I have to assume that the vast majority of people are buying games through, you know, like through Steam or through Xbox Live, not physical copies. That's that's where the world is now. That's, that's well, here's a study done in 2010. There's an article on GameIndustry.biz. 64% prefer physical media to digital distribution. Really? Yes. That seems... But that's 2010. I'm going to look this up. It's an interesting uh, conversation, and it's not one... Like, everything's changing so quickly, and that's part of the problem, is that things are, are changing so rapidly that it's hard to, to get your feet under you for the previous uh, iteration than... And so when the, by the time the next iteration comes around, you still don't have your balance. You don't know what actually is happening. So here, here I found an actual breakdown. So oh, snap. from 2010, 69% of people were buying games physically versus 31% buying digitally. In 2018, it was 83% digital, 17% physical. A lot of that. I think a lot of that has to do with the availability yeah. Of it, like there are so many more games out there, like that's that it, are being distributed digitally. Yeah, and digital only mm-hmm. at that. So not I, getting physical releases until like a year and a half after their release, like we talked about with Rocket League. Binding of Isaac was the same way. They released a, a physical copy for the Switch when the Switch version came out. Yeah, I think I think the same they did the same thing with Dead Cells. Dead I think Cells Dead Cells has a physical copy, yeah. Yeah, now it's a physical copy. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna see it with Shovel Knight, mm-hmm. and there's and there's companies like um, Limited Run, which will take a digital only game. They'll talk with the with the creator of the game, and they'll make a limited run of mm-hmm. a physical copy of that game. I think I got Flint Hook that way. Okay, uh, which is a digital only game, but they made a physical copy and wound up getting that. But it it has me concerned especially when I sit here and I look at that number and it's like what will it be in 2019 if we're still seeing it drop 
pretty rapidly, pretty much 5% per year, Mm -hmm. year over year from 2016, actually from 2015 to now, it's been a 5% drop every year in Mm -hmm. physical copies being bought because, and I don't know that I would say it's nefariously designed that way by developers. No, I think a lot of it has to do with the convenience of it. Yeah. I don't think like they're they're doing that because they're like, oh well now we don't have to make the physical copy of the game and now if people buy it and we ban their account they have to buy it again. I don't think they're thinking of it that way. No. It's just that that discussion's not being had of what happens when that happens. Mm-hmm. That's the bigger issue here. And these discussions aren't going to happen, like I said, until it's way too late, until people have already lost everything. Yeah. And then they're going to be fighting for what they feel is fair, and they're not going to be able to get it because no one laid out these ground rules ahead of time. Yep. But here we are doing the hard work here. Putting it in. We're, we're, just, we're just laying it all out for you. We're starting the discussion. You guys can finish it or keep it going. I mean... I don't think it'll ever actually be finished until the heat death of the universe. But yeah. I also believe um, after listening to this podcast, I believe Jim Sterling made a video about digital distribution as well. I'll have to um, check that out. I know he's usually very opinionated. Yeah. Whether or not they're good or bad opinions, that's, that's he up, holds them strongly. Yeah. That's up to you to decide. Um, he holds them strongly and knows how to argue for them. That that's true, um, but you have the discussion had to be brought up. Now, how you guys feel about this? I, I would love to know. I know Alex would love to know. Hit us oh, up yeah. on like Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like Twitter. That. Join the Discord. Join Scrumble us on Grimbler. Scrumble, yeah, on the Grimbler. Um, but Seven Eleven. You know meme. what? Instead, I've got an even better idea. Uh-oh. Instead of instead of hitting us up on Twitter and on the Discord, hit up Pat. Yeah, hit up Pat. Just Pat. <laughs> ask him questions. He's at the bomb ass pizza on Twitter. Just ask him all about it. He wasn't here for any of the discussion. Yeah, but make sure to make your questions as specific as possible. Yes. Like, hey, at minute thirty eight, they said something. How do you feel? But don't tell him what we said. Yes. Just say, they said something. How do you feel? Knowing him, his answer would be, they were wrong. And he'd probably be right. Yeah, probably. See, because here's the thing. We know he, he's not going to listen to it. We know it. We both know it. He doesn't <laughs> have the spoofy. He does not have the spoofy. Uh, which you can get this You can get this podcast on spoofy. Yeah. Or iTunes. Or uh, Google Podcasts. We've, Again, we've stopped uploading it to YouTube. The first episode is on YouTube. Is yeah. the second episode on YouTube? I think the first three are. Uh-huh. And then for whatever reason, when I was putting them up, they were getting pulled right back down. That sounds like YouTube. Yeah. I've always had issues with YouTube. I, I think I've talked about this before on on the podcast. Maybe not on the podcast, but at least in streams. Um. When I first made my YouTube channel, when I shifted from where my channel was, when I was the Salonium on a different channel, and then I shifted over to my own personal channel, um, when I did that, I made a video on the previous channel saying, hey, my videos are moving over to here. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm going to be moving forward. And I moved the videos over, and I went to monetize them, and YouTube was like, nah, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? They're like, you don't own it. I'm like, what do you mean I don't own it? I made a video and I used it as evidence that I'm the guy who made this video. Like, yeah. it's me. Also, that's that's me in the video. <laughs> yeah, like, it's me in the video. It's me in the videos you're looking at. Like, it's definitely my property. I mean, the whole the whole YouTube thing, There's I've heard a lot of horror stories about that. Mm-hmm. Like, people getting demonetized for, like, songs that aren't even in the video. Mm-hmm. Like, and there are just companies that go out there mass copyright striking everything. Oh, and it's, oh yeah. It's a nightmare. There the was, Adpocalypse, uh, I believe, is what it was called. One that I thought was funny. I didn't see the video, but I, I saw, like, the whole, like, thread of what happened, <laughs> and it seemed, like, it made me laugh pretty hard, is uh, JonTron. If you don't know JonTron, he's a content creator, made, like, video game videos. Now he Former makes, Grump. Yeah, former Grump. Now he makes sort of, like, 
all sorts of different types of videos. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a video where there was apparently like he sung a a parody of You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson, but it was You Are You Are Not a Gnome because he had <laughs> a giant gnome in the video. And it got flagged, but it didn't get flagged for Michael Jackson. It got flagged for R. Kelly. And it was he was like, I don't know how this even happened. Yeah. I, mm. it, it, it's it's wild. But since we're talking about all different stuff in other news in in, you know, the realm of gaming and stuff like that. Did you hear about uh, Ninja's move from Twitch to Mixer? I, I did hear about that. And I, there there are a lot of people with a lot of big feelings on that. I don't care. I'll say this. But I, like, I, I understand both sides, right? Like, he wants to do what's best for him, and they had to have offered him an obscene amount of money. I would assume so. Or some other kind of perk, something along those lines. And so there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, you do you, Ninja. You're the best. And there are a lot of people who are like, fucking disrespectful towards Twitch after all they've done for you. And I'm like, um, I kind of get both sides. But, like, Twitch didn't stream him. Like, they didn't, like, actively promote him until he had already gotten big. Yeah. Like, he did all of that on his own. Yeah. And so, like... To say after all Twitch has done for him, it I, that's like some bad breakup shit, yeah. right? Like, this, you're not treating me right anymore. I have to leave. After all I've done for you, how dare you? Like, that's that's some emotionally manipulative shit. Like, yeah, that's, like, I'm... It's borderline abusive. I'm not if one it was two people watches Ninja. Like, no. I don't, I don't watch him, but I respect the grind. Like, yeah. the dude works his ass off on, on, on streaming, and... The thing is, I like the idea not so much because it's like, oh, yeah, you go do, like, you go do you. It's like just sitting there and saying to people, there's not one option. There's multiple options Mm -hmm. out there for you to choose from. Find what's right for you. And him making that move, I feel like, really illustrates that point because you're talking about one of the biggest streamers in the world. I, I don't think he's number one anymore. No. Um, but he's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. He's he's on the list consistently. And honestly, it takes moves like that to to shock the system. Oh, yeah. Like, if tomorrow PewDiePie just went, hey, I'm moving over to Vimeo, that would be a huge move. Mm-hmm. And people would not know how to handle what just happened. Yeah. So him making that move, I applaud it. I really do. Like, where is it? Is it this one? There you go, Ninja. You Woo! got an applause from me. Um, I I I think it's good to let people know there's options out there because there are some things I really don't like about Twitch. I love mm-hmm. Twitch. Don't get me wrong, but there are things about Twitch that have never really added up. Like, I never understood the front page, for example. The front page confuses me because it always yeah. seemed like it's like, well, they'll have, like, the creator spotlight thing or whatever they call it. And it's like creator spotlight. And it's a person who has 20,000 viewers normally. And you're like, why are they getting a spotlight? Yeah, They don't need it. Well, that's the reason that they're getting a spotlight is because Twitch makes money off of subs and bit donations. Yeah, exactly. So the more people they send to this channel, the more likely it is that there'll be gifted subs, there'll be more people there to actually throw those subs out, and they'll be more likely to actually spend money on the streamers. So, you know, you're not going to go to a stream with, like, 10 viewers and be like, here, have 10 gift subs, right? That's just, it's not going to happen. Then Twitch doesn't get their cut. Yeah. But I respect the boldness of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think of it like this, and I guess... And competition is good, yes. is, is the end game. And to tie that back to digital distribution, I like the idea of Epic re- releasing their own um, digital distribution platform because Steam needed competition. Yes. They desperately needed competition. They needed someone to be like, hey, you're not the only show in town. You can't just, like do the bare minimum to keep people from leaving, right? You actually have to entice people to stay now. So that, especially with Epic having Fortnite on it, you know, again, one of the biggest games out there right now. And 
So that's Steam kind of needed that swift kick in the ass. Yeah, it's figuring out the way to make the competition work. Like, yeah, I think it's funny because you can even talk about this in other other forms of media. Like the the best example I give is uh the NFL. So the NFL just recently had competition in the AAF, I think it was what it was called. It was a football league that came out. But the problem is you got to ask yourself that question, when has something become so big that it's too big to fail? And I feel like the NFL's at that point because this 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 upstart comes out. I think they had like 3 weeks on television and then they they shut down the league before the season ended. Oh yeah. Like it was that fast and then this year we've got the XFL coming. Wait, um, and the XFL is resurrected from yeah. like 10 years ago. Like the XFL failed once. Yeah. Like Vince McMahon just wants to fail again. Even though I think the whole reason is like I think that's stuck in his craw for the last like 10 years that he made this he made this football league that he believed would work and it flopped. So he was like, I have to get back and do it again and prove that it wouldn't. Well, I mean, he's not really used to failure. No. Like he, the WWF and now the WWE is a testament to that. Like he brought wrestling to the, to the, to the prime again. Mm-hmm. He took like this, this, this show, this basically uh drama this this soap opera, soap opera for me. about muscular dudes in underwear throwing each other around a tarp and he turned that into a multi-billion dollar industry that has done nothing but grow for the last 20, 25 years. Yep. Like, he, he took this ridiculous premise and turned it into a cash cow. And I think he kind of wants to do that with the XFL, too, because oh, the yeah. XFL is kind of fucking ridiculous on well, its face. I said it before. I, I mean, I don't... I, I guess technically this XFL is just needs wrestling promos. That's that's the it, key right it there. It had them before. Did it? Yes. It like you know how they have like the mic'd up things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That started in the XFL. Ah, uh, okay. Like the XFL was the first one to do that. So they did do things that kind of changed the way we look at like right. sports. But the thing that I've said before, and I I don't uh, I mean I know we're not a sports podcast no, or anything like that. I'm it's big on sports. Kinda, I do like sports. As am I. Um, but I did want to say this. I think if he wants to really make a splash, there's an easy way to do it. And that's... By the I, NFL. I know he... Well, <laughs> he could try. Um, the, the big thing that they could do that's going to make a splash and it's going to make people pay attention is if you make the face of the XFL Colin Kaepernick... You ju- now you've got a shot. Yeah, I really believe that. If that you, that would be. I mean, it's a smack in the face right at the NFL. Like you're trying to say this guy isn't worth having around. We're gonna prove otherwise. Yeah, well, I mean, then like there's there's a lot of a political landmines that come with that too. Like you're you're kind of setting yourself up to have two sides just fighting against each other and especially with the core of why Colin Kaepernick was kind of excised from the NFL. Yeah. Like, you're you're asking for a very specific type of trouble with that. Yeah. You're asking for a very specific type of trouble with this that. This big man loves that shit, though. He does. He loves he does. that shit. Like, I mean, he loved having WCW around. Everybody can act like he did, and he loved it. Oh, yeah. But, like, that that's... That's a very specific type of drama, and uh, there are some very, very strong real-world repercussions to that as well. Yeah. Like, because it's not just about, like, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, spraying audiences with beer. You know, it's not like that kind of, yeah. like, pearl clutching. This is this very, is yeah, this is very, very different. Very, very different. I will, I will there say this. There are a lot of strong one. feelings on both sides about that one. I will say this. And I, I, you know, I don't like to get political, but I, I can't help but say it. For the people who, like, you object to these things and you burn your your Nikes or you burn your jersey, it's not bothering anybody but you. Yeah. Like, you ain't affecting anybody. Like... You already gave them your money. You already <laughs> gave them the money. Like... 
That's not doing anything for you. No, I don't think that we're the type of people that would garner a following of people who would do something like that. But if you are, you already gave them the money. Like that's Burn your Salonium shirts. <laughs> but first, buy, buy your Salonium your shirt shirts. And then burn it. And then post a picture to Twitter of you burning it and then tag us in it. Yes. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll suffice. And also, cat pictures. Yes, send them the car. Send the cat picture. <laughs> Don't burn the cats, though. Don't burn, no. We do Don't. not condone any violence towards animals. No. We just want happy, healthy cats. Yes. Sent to Kara. Send her. At Cheritomo. Send her the cat pics. What a weird podcast. This was so weird. I like. I don't really feel like Pat does that much to keep us on track. He but doesn't, <laughs> but it somehow got here. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we ended up talking about Colin Kaepernick on our episode about digital distribution. Colin Kaepernick. Long story short, Colin Kaepernick needs to start selling video games. That's yes, and but he needs to make sure that when we buy it, that we get to keep it no matter what the circumstance. Yeah, like, even if we're banned from the Colin Kaepernick uh, launcher on, on the PC, I still want to be able to keep my game. I was trying to think of a clever name for the Colin Kaepernick video game digital distribution platform, but I can't come up with one. It's just the Colin Kaepernick launcher. <laughs> it's just like a picture of him throwing a football. <laughs> I don't need Not that. even throwing a football, just like his face. Just like his like his card or something. <laughs> like you go to get the icon on your desktop and it's just a picture of Colin Kaepernick. It's that, it's that um the the Nike mm, one. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. picture. <laughs> I love it. Also, send us that picture in particular on yes. Twitter. Yes, Kyle Kaepernick, if you do this, I want royalties. Yeah, this like, is our idea. We declared it, so you can't steal it now. Yeah, it's it's out there. Yeah. It's out there. Hit me up. I'll, I'm willing to sell it. Yeah, we'll, we'll work. We'll work with you. If you donate to my Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. It was a weird one, but... It was a lot of fun. We though. made it through. We made and, it through. And we did definitely talk about an issue. And if you guys want to talk about it more, like we said, hit us up on Twitter. Join the Discord. Yeah, we're always happy to continue discussions. Like, we we don't shy away from those kind of questions. Yeah. I mean, don't ask us about the football stuff. No. Like, that's not what this conversation was about. It just kind of came up. Yeah. But don't digitally distribute football. No. Don't, don't do that. But thank you again. That listening and I hope you have a good one whatever time it happens to be wherever it is you happen to be I hope you have a good one pizza's not here pizza's not here so we don't get the same goodbye bye